Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Eat Half, Walk Double. I'm your host, Chris Dunn. This show chronicles my four decades in endurance sports as a coach, race director, and athlete, told to the stories of the important, influential, and interesting people I've met along the way. While I catch up with friends, colleagues, rivals, clients, and the occasional family member, it's my hope you'll learn a little something about health, fitness, and the secrets to living well along the way. The race directors for the Kingman Farm Trail Race, the Lindsay family, join the podcast. Co-race directors, the husband and wife duo of Tim and Janina, are joined by their eldest son, Aiden, this year as a special guest RD as he uses the event for his co-Brown Northwood Academy senior project. The Lindsays have been involved in the event since 2013 and have raised thousands of dollars for nonprofits near and dear to their hearts, including the current nonprofit, the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. We talk about their connection to this amazing organization, as well as the history of the event. So here they are, Team Lindsay. Lindsay family, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so um, because this is a this is an audio format, um, I'd like uh, I'd like each of you to to introduce yourself to the listener because this is, you know, as as my podcasts go, typically my podcasts are are one on one conversations, but this is a little bit unique today in that I actually have three guests. So, uh, Lindsay family, if you would introduce yourselves individually. Hi, I am Janina Lindsay. Uh, I'm Aiden Lindsay. And Timothy Lindsay. And I'm disappointed, Chris. I had a pie chart and bar graphs. But there's no, there's, there's no video aspect. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> Give me two minutes. I'll be right back. I'm going to put those away. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, there definitely are benefits to audio version only. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. yeah. You look great. For sure. Um, so uh, we want to talk about the, the Kingman Farm trail race that we have coming up um, this coming Saturday, July 30th uh, at Kingman Farm in Madbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, that's what the, the what the show will focus on. Um, and this year is it, it's it's unique version of the Kingman Farm Trail Race presented by Saucony, by the way. Uh, shout out to our uh, our incredibly generous uh, partners at Saucony. Uh, but this is a, a little bit of a unique year in that um, it is uh, a senior project for Aiden Lindsay um, for his uh, co-Brown Northwood Academy uh, senior project requirement. And Aiden's going to talk a little bit about um, what that means and, uh, and his role uh, this year in the Kingman Farm Trail Rest. But I thought I'd, I thought I'd open up uh, this chat uh, with a little bit of a story of um, sort of the history of the Kingman Farm trail race and and my connection to it and then um and and and, and then eventually uh, the lindsay's connection to it so uh the, the kingman farm moonlight snowshoe race snowshoe race moonlight snowshoe race um began in the late 20 single numbers i can't remember if it was 2008 or 2009 it was probably 2009 uh, so we were holding a nighttime snowshoe race there at kingman farm and uh, I believe, um, th- as the story goes, uh, our friend Michael Amarello from 3C Race Productions uh, timed 
the event, time that nighttime snowshoe race. Uh, and at some point after the race, he and I had a discussion about, hey, this would be a great venue for a trail race. I think he probably he probably brought that up to me. And uh, and I agreed with him. I, I did think that the um, uh, the venue would would be a great host. The town of Madbury is is so easy to work with and and uh, and, and so, uh, uh, you know, agreeable. Uh, and um and just really 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 great hosts as well as um the, the folks at unh um who the majority of the property that both courses race on um uh, is property that's owned and managed by the university of new hampshire and then of chris, course I, chris i gotta tell you the extraction of dangerous ice and the addition of daylight i mean stroke of genius <laughs> stroke of genius <laughs> well I, well you know what's funny tim is there were there were any number of a handful of years for that uh, nighttime snowshoe race that it might as well have been a, a trail race. Um, the yeah the uh, the lack of snow yes uh, was uh, yeah that 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 that's what made snowshoe race directing a, a really difficult sport to manage. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, and ultimately you know what for me anyway what led to to, to the demise of 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 our involvement in snowshoe racing. But anyway, at some point. Um, Michael said, this would be a great venue for a trail race. I agreed. He said, um, our deal was, um, that I would design the trail racing, the trail running course and, uh, I would mark it and he would, he would compensate me for that. Uh, so that was a, that was a good deal. And then Michael 3C race productions would manage the race. So in in the summer of 2010 july of 2010 michael hosted the broken boulder dash 6k um essentially the course has remained the same i designed that original version of the trail race and um with 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 with, with very little um with very little um uh difference the course is essentially the same as it was um that that first year uh, of the event in 2010. So um, Friday before the race, Braden, my son, and I marked the course. And by the way, this would end up being the last time I would ever mark the course the night before or the afternoon <laughs> before. Because yeah. now I thought, you know, I was I was pretty genius. I was going to mark it Friday afternoon. So, that it would, you know, make Saturday morning race morning so much easier because Michael had actually also offered me a, a free entry to the race. So I was going to race the race myself the next morning. So Braden and I marked the course uh, Friday afternoon. We decided to arrive early on Saturday and mountain bike the course, just ride the course quickly to make sure, you know, nothing ha had happened to our course markings. Well, uh, the Kingman Farm properties are pretty busy properties. So sure enough, uh, a number of flags had gotten pulled and signs had gotten turned the wrong way. So it was a good thing we went back out the morning of and quickly rode the course because we had to do a little course repair mm. got everything squared away ended up you know getting my bib and heading to the starting line um as michael called everyone up to the starting line um nobody really stepped forward there's a small small crowd probably less than 50 people so i'm looking around and nobody else is stepping up to the starting line so i step forward to the starting line and then a, a couple of sort of kind of hesitant people stepped up as well, but nobody was standing uh, on, uh, on either side of me. Well, Michael sends us all off and, and I dart out to the lead. 
Um, I know the course obviously really well because I marked it uh, the, the day before and I rode it that morning. Plus, I'm just very familiar with the property having uh, run and ridden there, you know, dozens of dozens of times. So I dart out to the lead and uh, I'm running I'm running comfortably hard and we get to the we get to the low part and no one's challenging me early on and we get to the low spot of the course which is sort of which is down by the river uh, and we turn around and we start heading back up toward Hicks Hill when we get to the base of Hicks Hill uh, I can hear some heavy breathing off my right shoulder uh, and as I turn and look it's my it's our friend Phil Irwin of course now, Phil is very accomplished trail and mountain runner, good friend. Um, we're about the same age. Um, I, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Phil's fitness. I was a little surprised that, um, he had decided to run off my shoulder and, uh, you know, not, 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 you know, dart ahead or leap ahead and, and pull away from me, but he didn't, he stayed off my shoulder. So we, 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 we get to the base of Hicks Hill. And at this point, I feel like, you know, if Phil hasn't made a move on me yet, <laughs> and this this now is going to play to my strength. So because I, you know, we, you, you know, we, we, you and I, uh, you and the Lindsay family, myself and the Lindsay family, we live very close to Mount Blue Job State Forest. So I get a chance to to run on really hilly terrain all the time. So I I decide I'm going to put the hammer down on Hicks Hill. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put a gap on Phil now because I know he can't climb with me. Um, he probably has more foot speed than me, but he's not going to be able to climb with me. So I, I hammer up the switchbacks at Hicks Hill. Um, and as, as anyone knows, who's, who's, who's raced the Kingman farm trail race, you know, you get to the top of Hicks Hill and you begin to descend, right? But it's deceiving because you don't go all the way down at that point. At some point you got to take a hard left and you got to, you got to run back up almost to the, almost to the top of the hill again mm -hmm. before you hit the switchbacks on the other side. So. Um, I get, I, I start down, start back up, get to the high point again, and I'm beginning the descent on the switchbacks to the finish, probably like less than a mile to go, certainly less than a mile to go. And I, and I take a peek back and I don't see Phil, right? So I figure I must've put a little gap on him, but he's probably right behind me. So I'm not going to do any more peeking. So I, I just go as hard as I can on the switchback descent. And I take one more peek back about 200 yards to the finish. And I don't see anybody like there's nobody behind me. And I, which I thought was odd because um, I mean, if, if at any point Phil was going to make a move, it was going to be on the descent. I'm not, a very, not a very good descender. So I peek back one more time, no sign of anyone. I'm, I'm in the lead. I'm going to win the race. Now, by the way, this would end up being the first race that I had ever won first race of any kind that I had ever won. Um, so I, I, I cruise that last straight, straight away. I, take a hard left over the stone wall and I sprint through the finish line and who's standing at the finish, Phil Irwin. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's got a really strange, he's got, he's got a bewildered look on his face. And he, he says, he says, what happened? And I, I, I'm trying to process like how in the world did he get around me? I know he didn't pass me. How, how is he standing at the, how did he, how did he beat me? How is he already standing at the finish? So we, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. We start talking back and forth, and it, it dawns on me that, you know, next to the last time that I would have seen him would, would have been just before we hit the switchbacks on the descent on the other side of Hicks Hill, on the town hall mm -hmm. side of Hicks Hill. <laughs> and as we're talking about it, uh, he said something to the effect of, what switchbacks? Mm. Totally missed them. He, he ran straight down the hill. To he the took fence. the gondola down. 
yeah. essentially took the gondola down. Now, yeah. now, um, <laughs> it was a very strange feeling for me because, um, you know, I was, I mean, I was, I was happy that I, uh, that I had won because obviously he, he had cut the course. He had, he had missed the switchback. So I was, I was tickled that I had won, but also, also really disappointed that my course markings were just not very good because Phil got off course and I mm -hmm. was the one that marked the course. So Phil was incredibly gracious. I think, I think I won a, a, a gift certificate for a pair of shoes. I gave Phil the gift certificate. Uh, Phil and I have been good friends ever since. So, um, so that's, that's my story of the, uh, of the, of, of the inaugural broken boulder dash six K first, uh, first trail race, actually last trail race too, that I, that I, I ever want. Tim, were, were, were you at that broken boulder and Janina were, were either of you, Aiden, I'm sure you probably weren't there, but, but Tim and Gina, were, were either one of you there? Yes. Uh, yes, we have, a, we have a pint glass that we're staring at. I'm not sure what year it's from because it's not in, in true Michael Amarillo uh, style. You never put the dates on the T-shirts. You could use them next year. So this is an undated pint glass. Uh, I did run it at least once before we flipped it, for sure. Yes. Okay. Um, and and I, I got to tell you, uh, if anybody's uh, worried about the markings on the course, uh, you solved that crime the very next year because now there's an inordinate amount of flags. <laughs> yeah i <laughs> no one's gonna get lost yeah it's um no and i and and i i do appreciate you mentioning that because um you know i think what's what's unique about this race is that uh, and what's great about this race too is that um you know coming in just under four miles it's it's not an intimidating distance right so it's it's essentially a race for anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and um, although it is trails, the, it's not super technical trails, meaning mm -hmm. there's, there's not a lot of rocks and roots. Um, so, you know, that, I mean, the, aside from, aside from the distance, which can be intim distance, you know, race distances can be intimidating. The surface, you know, mm -hmm. trail running can yep. be intimidating for people that don't run trails. You know, the next thing that's always an active concern for people is, um, that they're going to get lost. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when you're in a road race, it's kind of hard to get lost cause you're, you know, you're on roads, but, but trail racing is a little bit different thing. And I, and I do know that that's a, that that is a concern for people, mm -hmm. uh, particularly, you know, uh, people that are new to the sport of trail running and, and, uh, it's never any fun to, to get off course. We'll talk about, we'll talk more about, uh, course markings in, in just a little bit. Um, Janina, were, were you shooting, were you shooting photos that, that first year or were you, were you Tim's, uh, uh, encouragement section? I'm pretty sure that I just photographed him. <laughs> he, I was his personal photographer that year. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So Although the race we started, she went on and grabbed lunch, came back two hours later and then she was, <laughs> she was there with more than enough time. Although we, we, we had, you, we had met, right. I had met the Lindsay family before mm -hmm. 2010, right? Yep. Yep. It, uh, well, it was uh, you and I right at the beginning, first huh? ran together uh, January of 2010. I think his first race with Acidotic was uh, another Michael Amarillo production. It was Beaver Brook Snowshoe Race, which was right around New Year's of 2010. Okay. Yeah, it might have been December or so. You invited me, um, I believe it was you, uh, Dr. Lavers, myself, maybe maybe a Jeff Cunningham. I can't remember. Uh, we, we ran Blue Job in snowshoes. 
And 30 seconds in, you asked me if I loved it. And I said, I think I'm speaking too early, but I do. And then I face planted. And then you said, if you're not falling down, you're not trying. And my love, hate, 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 hate affair with snowshoe racing was born. Yeah. That's right. If you're not falling, you're not trying hard enough. Yes. Yeah. That is exactly, that's yep. exactly correct. Well, um, uh, so Michael has the race in, in 2010, um, decides the next year for whatever reason, I can't remember that he's not going to hold the race again in 2011. So the race doesn't happen in 2011. Um, you know, we acidotic racing see an opportunity, right? It's mm -hmm. I mean, for, 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 for myself and for the Lindsay family, it's really kind of in our backyard, metaphorically speaking. Yep. Um, you know, Madbury is only 20 minutes away. It's, you know, of, of all the races we host, it's the, it's the most local to us. So it's, you know, it's a pretty easy race. It's a pretty re easy race to host. Um, we've got, we've got great, we got a great venue, a very supportive race hosts. Uh, again, I mentioned the town of Madbury, the University of New Hampshire, my Harriman School, um, and the, the the church across the street for a little while uh, mm. allowed us to use their parking lot as well. Anyway, easy easy race to host. So, um, so we decide in 2012 we're we're gonna we're gonna reanimate the race, and we call it, of course, the Kingman Farm Trail Race, just to keep it simple and descriptive, um, but to differentiate it from michael's race the broken boulder dash 6k because it was going to be it was going to be new new race organization um even though same course but but different race organization 40 percent more flags <laughs> uh, well you know I, I as as it's always the case i could i could put out a thousand flags more than i do and somebody is gonna is gonna inadvertently get off course and and so actually while we're on that while we're on that that line of thinking um because i did mention earlier that you know one one of the things that 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 new trail runners are concerned about is that they're going to get lost right yeah yeah um, i mean what 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 i always like to say and and oftentimes will say in the in the pre-race uh gathering the pre-race meeting as we go over um you know how the course is marked and and uh, you know, any any particulars about the course, bridges or two-way sections or or what whatever it happened, you know, clowns that are juggling clowns or uh, mm -hmm. right? um, what, what whatever it happens to be. Um, one of the things that I'll say is that um, you know a very common reason why people get off course is uh, well, a few common reasons that people get off course. Uh, one is that they don't listen to the race director's pre-race instructions, right? Because there's always there's always two or three people talking to each other when I'm when I'm saying this, like completely not listening to what I'm saying. Um, so when you're not listening to the race director's pre-race instructions, specifically with respect to how the course is marked, flags on your right or flags on your left, whatever it happens to be, um, you don't hear those really important details. Which seems like an impossibility, Chris, because you're well amplified right now on your microphone. And then in the, in the parking lot, without a bullhorn, you're well amplified. And then we give you a bullhorn. <laughs> and the ever-famous opening line to all of your drugs. Good afternoon. Good morning. This is Chris Dunn, owner and founder of Astronautic Racing. And you hold up a flag. And there's a rock sack still full of flags because you only put out 5,000. Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, uh, again, as as the, you know, as, as, the, as the course marker, it's always... Uh, you know, I, 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 I take it personally when people 
get off course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, no one has ever been lost, lost, uh, with the exception of maybe a time or two at the Vul- at Vulcan's Fury, but that's a, that's a story for another day. But no one yeah, has. Twenty seventeen, we found that family. It was the next day, but we found it. It's gonna, it's gonna be great. <laughs> they all had really long beards, like Tom yeah, Cruise yeah, beard and yeah, Castaway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the other reason that people get off course, uh, aside from not listening to the race director's pre-race instruction, uh, is following other people. Mm. Uh, right. So people are not navigating the course independently they're just following the person ahead of them and of course inevitably the person ahead of them is one of those people that was not listening to the pre-race instructions and that individual gets off course and then draws three or four other people with them and then really the third reason that people get off course is they're not they're not self-navigating they're not they're not navigating their way through the course i mean trail racing is different than road racing in that respect and that you have Mm -hmm. to be paying attention to to where you are at all times uh, which gets to point number two. Don't just blindly follow the person in front of you. Right. So two, 2012, uh, Acidotic Racing reanimates the event. Um, the next year, um, I reach out to Lindsay family and say, hey, um, you know, I, I'm looking for some help. Um, I, and, and it was about that time that I started actually reaching out for help for all of the events that I was the race director. Um, beginning to partner with uh, other acidotic racing members uh, to, to co-host the event. And, and that's when I reached out to you guys. Again, it made a whole heck of a lot of sense to me. You guys, you, you, the Lindsay family, your neighbors, your great friends. Um, uh, and, you know, Tim, Tim had been involved in the race. Janina had, had shot the race as a photographer for us in 2012. So I reach out, I reach out to Lindsay family and say, Hey, I'm looking for a partner. Would you guys be willing to partner with me? Help me, uh, help me, uh, co-race, uh, co, co-direct the race. Uh, and you guys agreed. Um, what, Tim or Janina, what, what do you remember about, um, about that? that that initial outreach uh for me and and what what were some of your original thoughts about becoming race directors i think bullet point number one is i was not allowed to mark the trail so we agreed upon that (laughs) and then initially chris if you remember um you were gracious enough to offer it to us as a a means to go towards fundraising because at the time i was running boston for children's hospital and then that eventually morphed from Children's to the Flutie Foundation, and now it's it's part of the Flutie Foundation. Um, if we had I, video, you could see that. Yeah, no, we, we've got. Uh, we, she's she's uh, she's, she's going through some photos where we have, uh, you know, Cameron up on the uh, up on the podium. So you know, it made it made sense for us because uh, our youngest, uh, Aiden's little brother Cameron, uh, patient for children with Children's Hospital for both neurology and for um, uh, for his diabetes as well. And um, they were always great partners with us when we get the diagnosis for his autism as well as uh, his juvenile diabetes. And then um, that was, I don't know, I, I think I fundraised for them for four times. Five times. I think four, Flutie was the last one. Oh, correct. Yeah, four, I did four Boston for them and then the fifth one for Flutie Foundation. And now that's just stuck because, you know, we've got uh, a soft spot in our, a soft spot in our heart for, for BC, and we've got a BC family for Evers and Evers. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just made sense to keep doing that with the connection to 
the school and obviously autism and the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation just made sense. So it's hard to not want to do it, you know? And then we've, of course, had a blip the last couple of years because of COVID, but we're back. This right. is our second year back since COVID, right? Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 we, we were, we were chatting just before the the show, and and uh, so this is, this is the tenth year of the event, but it's mm. the ninth race that we we we've hosted because we we missed a year, uh, we missed a year with COVID. Um, yeah. So so those in, so those initial years, um, the the nonprofit was uh, uh, Children's Hospital of Boston, Boston yeah. Children's Hospital. I can't yeah. ever remember which, which, which. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Just, just yeah. They, even if you screw the checkup, they'll take you. The money. great, Fine. the great people it's down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Cor- right, correct. Um, you know, and 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 as I as I was thinking about um, this race in particular, um, and and specifically now with the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism, um, you know our. Acidotic racing has three pillars that our our business uh, and our team are built on, and that's uh, the three pillars are community, competition, and charity. And this event really epitomizes those three pillars. I mean, as 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 well as any of our other races that we host. You know, the the community aspect of it. I mean, as I said, for 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 myself and for Team Lindsay, um, Madbury is you know it's kind of in our backyard. It's it's mm-hmm. our neighborhood. It is our community um many of the many of the 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 sponsors and partners are community members Uh, and there's a tremendous amount of community support from a participation standpoint Um, and i was talking to aiden about this in one of our initial conversations that uh you know when when you when you look at at the list of finishers and you look at where they're from there's just there's just a lot of people that come from a 20 30 mile radius maybe at the most so most people live locally uh, right community community people so the race really i i do feel like it 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 serves or services the community in that way of course the competition part is obvious it's a trail race and then the and then the charitable part of it um this race um uh this race has has given um has has given the the highest or and continues to give the highest share of race proceeds to the nonprofit. And I, I we don't necessarily have to detail what what that number is, but suffice to say um, that um, that 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 this race, particularly the Lindsay family, uh, are incredibly uh, generous uh, with the profits for this race. Um, and again, uh, initially Boston Children's Hospital, and now uh, the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for for autism, um, and and I, I want to pick up a little bit more about the, the the charitable giving aspect of it. Tim, you uh, you re- referenced your youngest, uh, Cameron, who's I mean we talk about Cameron being your youngest, but Cameron is what he's what 15, 16, 16, 25 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. We'll be in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So Cam, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so Cam, Cam, Cam is sixteen, so he's not not little anymore. Uh, we we will be sharing J- Janina um, will will share with me and I'll share with the audience on my Twitter account um, some some photos uh, of Cam uh, from some of those early uh, some of those early races. Um, so you can you, you can kind of see Cam kind of growing up through this race. For sure. Uh, uh, Aiden as well. Um, but, Aiden's but, actually run the race. He's a former competitor. 
All right. So that, so that, so that's, an, that's going to be an interesting kind of, kind of reconnect too. And we'll, we'll pick that up uh, with, with Aiden in a moment, but, but the, but the connection to the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for autism uh, for the Lindsay family, uh, it, it, it's unique connection. Tim, you, you, you mentioned um, your connection, family's connection to Boston college. Tim, you're a graduate of, of BC. Uh, my wife, Karen is actually a, a graduate of, of BC. Um, Myself and my three kids all graduated from UNH. <laughs> We're still friends, Chris. We're still friends. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> but I, but I, but I root for BC uh, uh, every weekend in the fall, except the weekend they play Wake Forest, and then I, I you know, I, I obviously have to root for the Deeks. Um, but, but I'm, I, I am also to a, a, a fan. A Wake Forest fan. I never noticed. <laughs> I'm also, social media would never ever let somebody know that ever, i'm also ever. i'm also a fan and, and supporter of of bc well i actually should say uh, a couple of circumstances in which i'm not obviously when they're playing wake forest in the fall and then anytime they play uh, unh in hockey but that's again sure. those are those are stories still friends. Still friends. um but your so your your connection to the to doug flutie jr foundation for autism um uh, Doug Flutie was a Heisman winning quarterback at BC. Tim went to BC. And just for clarification, Tim, because um, <laughs> I know how old you are, but the, but the oh, listening well, audience I, may not know how old you are. Just confirm, there was no overlap between Doug Flutie's uh, tenure at uh, Boston College and your tenure there, correct? No, at that, at when, he was, when he was quarterback, um, you know, my, my family's had season tickets forever and they used to leave uh, alumni stadium and go through the parking lot into another, into another building. And I remember he walked by my father and myself and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm taller than him. And I was like, I don't know. At the time I was like 10, you know, cause they used to put in the program that Doug was uh, five, eight and three quarters. Right. Um, so no, no, he, he was, uh, he, he was well, well off campus. Um, yeah. I got that. Although you're joking about our age. Uh, and I'll include you in this. I, I just realized, even after Aiden's done with this, you referred to it as a senior project. When you and I take over again, it'll again be a senior project. <laughs> just in a different light. That's all. I'll bring my cane to wave it at the clouds on Saturday. <laughs> Damn kids, get off my lawn. Well, and and uh, I mean, to that point, uh, it's good for us that we're that we're bringing along the next generation of of, of race yep. directors. Aiden doesn't know it yet, but this is going to be his project, not just his senior <laughs> yeah. year, but his freshman year, his sophomore year, yeah. his junior year, his senior year in college. And we're going to fly him back in. Yeah. Yes, and then obviously he'll be doing his 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 uh, postgraduate work as the as the rake director for the King sure, of Orange. Sure. Sure. Yeah. He doesn't know it yet, but that is that's definitely going to be the case. So. Right. Um, so, uh, so uh, Janina, you, the other connection, obviously, with the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism uh, uh, is the is the autism part. Um, Tim referenced it earlier. Um, you know, Cam has type one diabetes, but he, he's also autistic as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, Janina, I, I, I'm wondering if you if you wouldn't mind speaking a little bit about um about your experience as a mom uh, raising an autistic uh, boy, because I, I do think that's a, probably a very special and unique thing. Um, a red-headed, yeah. blue-eyed, autistic, diabetic boy, yes. I forgot to mention the red hair. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so 
tell the listener a little bit about a little bit about your experience with that. Maybe actually even kind of take us back to the to the beginnings of, of, of how that all came about and, and what some of the unique challenges are, what some of the amazing things about it are just, yeah. I mean, what you, you obviously, you know, you've, you've had a, you've had a front row seat to all of this, uh, so to speak. So yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. We sure have. So we've, well, we've been very blessed, um, throughout his entire life. Uh, he was diagnosed, he was diagnosed with the diabetes first, um, when he was about, 22 months. was it 22 months? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say right before he turned two years old. Um, we suspected the autism before that. Uh, just, I'm not sure if it's changed now, but back then you could not get a diagnosis until a child was two. So I had actually pursued a diagnosis earlier and they said, you need to wait. So literally the, the minute he turned two, we were seeking a diagnosis. Um, we got a diagnosis of PDD-NOS first, which is pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified. Big fancy words to say, hmm, you know, there's learning disabilities there, but we're not going to put a, a name on it. Um, we felt that wasn't quite enough, um, particularly looking ahead to his schooling and what that diagnosis may or may not get him. So we pursued more. Um, and that's what led us down to Children's Hospital, having had experience there when he was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, that's where he was sent from Portsmouth down to Boston. So we had um, a, a working relationship already established with them. And we went down to the neurology department and saw a pediatric uh, neurologist who um, tested him and looked at us and said, absolutely, he is smack on the spectrum. So that, that began all the adventures. Um, he began in-home therapies um, through community partners in Dover. And at the time, Tim was actually a stay-at-home dad. So he got to, so good at that. He got to handle so all that fun. That. Um, and we were very blessed that, that we had some wonderful therapists that worked with him every day for three hours a day to the point that, um, you know, if you just saw him on the street, you probably wouldn't realize that there was any developmental de delays um, happening with him. Um, the red hair and blue eyes sort of adds to that because he's a pretty animated little kid. Um, my sister-in-law describes him perfectly by saying he's a cartoon character sure. in real life, and he really <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, you know, then he turned three and they send you off to preschool and he's just, we've been very lucky throughout all of this that we've had wonderful, wonderful therapists. Um, and then we actually moved to Stratford for the school system because we had heard wonderful things for the special education department. And the nightlife. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to some former Kingman Farm competitors. Amy Kazik worked with him all through mm -hmm. middle school um, with occupational therapy. And he's had um, some amazing speech therapists and, you know, he's, he's, he's just thrived throughout all of it. And um, now we're in the co-brown system and yeah, I mean, the, the, the challenges really were just making sure he had everything that he needed to be the best version of himself. And that's where Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation comes in because they provide a lot of resources for families that don't know where else to go really. Um, and, you know, just with our connection to Boston College, um, you know, yeah, Tim went, his father went, and 22 was our, has always been our family's number. I think it was almost like divine intervention that um, 
that you know we we got the connection with autism with with the love that the Lindsay family has always had for Doug Flutie and it just all the puzzle pieces sort of oh for lack of a better yeah, description the puzzle, the puzzle, pieces, the puzzle, pieces, puzzle pieces, pieces fell into place <laughs> well a great point that Janina makes too Chris um I think first and foremost if there's if there's anybody who is wondering if the kid's on the spectrum I think a lot of families shy away from it going back to the PDDNOS that acronym pervasive developmental disorder disorder not otherwise specified nobody wants to be the person to say the a word right because they, they, they they fear that so many couples so many parents um and so many guardians are, are are afraid of that you are handcuffed at the educational and support level until you have that diagnosis uh so we were probably the um the anomaly like we high-fived as soon as dr jesse said that like thank god because now we can get started and above and beyond that janina pointed out to the the um i think for the most part when it comes to uh neurological challenges kids that are on the spectrum they don't typically physically present the same way a child with down syndrome would and i think if you're out if you're out in public and, and you see a child with down syndrome for the most part they they physically present and there, there are markers in play that you can identify and i think some of that um can promote a challenge as well for a kid on the spectrum who, when you you look at most kids on the spectrum, um, especially our cartoon version, Cameron, with the you know the the red hair, the blue eyes, and until you get to a point where maybe there's a a, a touch of okay uh, personal space issues, or being quiet, or being regressed, or, or, or whatever the case may be, or repetition. But above and beyond that, now it's just that people need to understand it's um, it's a, the communication style, a learning style, and and picking up on social cues are probably the three things that people need to be aware of. And I just want to say to parents that are out there, if they're, if they're thinking, you know, well, if we just ignore it, it'll go away. It won't. And you're dragging your feet and you're doing your child a disservice. Um, so we ran through all of the, all of the hurdles and all the barriers to get to the point where we could find out to get him the things we needed. And, and yeah, the K through eight in Stratford lights out. I mean, we started going to IEP meetings very early on, obviously. And now when we go in, I'm like, can we get him to shut up? Like at this point, like if you get him on a topic he loves, you know, it's lights out. And there's not, he doesn't have, there are, there are no barriers in front of him now. It's completely incumbent upon him now to do whatever he wants to do and, and communicate how he wants to communicate and behave how he wants to, because he's been given all the tools from the school system. And thank God, because we got everything out of the way in the, in the first place. Other than that, um, I think your uh, parents would be doing their kids a disservice if they don't get the information they need to get the diagnoses they need so they can lift all those barriers. And then, mm -hmm. and then when they are in school, if you don't feel like your child is getting enough fight for it, yeah, you know, yeah. I keep saying we've been very blessed. We had Amy Kasich in middle school. Now he's actually working with another former uh, AR member slash uh, competitor of this race. Tim Cox is, is in the special education department at um, Co Brown. We've just been so lucky. Mm -hmm that we personally, well, I guess we kind of did. We had to advocate, you know, like sometimes we, we want more. And, you know, if you, if you as a parent feel like your child isn't getting enough, there are resources out there, whether it's through an organization like the Doug Flutie Foundation, or there's so many other Easter Seals or other wonderful organizations that will help you navigate the process, but just never settle if you feel like your child is not getting everything that they deserve. And if, and if you don't like negotiating the way I do, then then get yourself an advocate, or we can drop my phone number in the in the liner notes. I don't care. I'll do it for you. Yeah. So, so as a family, you you've been navigating autism for two decades now. 
Um, I, I'm interested from your perspective, um, if anything has changed, uh, do you think, um, in, in, in the world of autism, either whether it's, whether it's medication or whether it's uh, social services or whether it's occupational therapy or physical therapy or like, what's changed? I, I think yes. And I, I mean, we've, this is just our personal route. We've never gone down the medication route with him with the autism. He has enough medication pumped into his body for diabetes. And that was just our choice. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I, I can't speak to the medication side of things. But as far as services, I definitely think that because it's become more um, accepted, I guess is a word, more known. And then you have like in social media, you have things like the TV show, The Good Doctor and, and, mm -hmm. and shows like that. They're really open people's eyes to what the capabilities of a person on the spectrum can have, you know, like a lot of people would think, Oh, well, they're autistic. They must not speak. They must bang their head against the wall. And sure there's kids out there that do that. And that's fine. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how they are on the spectrum, but there's so many other kids like Cam that, you know, look normal and whatnot. So I think it's just becoming more widely, um, I don't want to say accepted, more widely understood, yeah, I think understood. is probably I, a better yeah, word. I, and I mean, obviously, uh, you buy a red car, you see a red car. So I think, I think as soon as we dipped our toe into being a family um, that, you know, is experiencing autism and living with it, uh, I think you're, you're like, oh, I didn't really more notice it before. It, yeah. yeah, now we're just obviously more aware of it. I think there's obviously a, a great way for people to connect as well through just uh, social media as well and support <laughs> groups and, and, and connecting with, you know, other people that have it, which honestly we haven't, we've been our own. I mean, our family's been our own support group. We, you know, Janina does not go to mom's not, meetings. Not for lack of I don't not. go to dad's meetings. Yeah. We you just, know, we done, haven't pursued that, that there yeah. are wonderful organizations yeah, out there. If you, if you need, the, if you need the support and you feel like you're alone, like you, you're not. And I think that's, what's changed over the years. It's just, it's, it's become, you know, the the understanding of, of what it means and, and what it means for a kid is just becoming more and more known. More people are studying to become, you know, advocates and therapists that it's just becoming, I don't want to say easier because I'm sure there's families out there that are like, oh my gosh, it's not easy at all. But it just, it's, it's just becoming more readily accessible. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's very, he's very high functioning. And, and I, I think that's been a blessing for us as well. And I think for a lot of people that it might have gone undiagnosed years ago, um, I think you could look a lot, look around at some of the big companies. Think electric cars, uh, think uh, think computers, and think Windows. I think some of those founders are very very high functioning, and that's been that's been said, never proven. I'm not using names. I don't want to get run over by an electric car. But some of these people, the way they present, a self-driving electric car. I, I would, yeah, I, would <laughs> I would say very, very high functioning and/or Aspergers, um, and you know, at the same time, you know, there's there's such brilliance there. I think that's probably the most important thing for people to understand. Mm. Um, they not they're not less than they are absolutely probably smarter than you. So they they are truly, get to know them. They're yeah. tr they're truly geniuses, and yeah, like he said, it don't. Do not shy away from it at all. If anything, be proud to have someone like that in your life. Because that's what yeah. I've to realize. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, you know, um, mom or dad um, mentioned um, 
you know, the, the family part of it, you know, a, a family with autism right. and, uh, and, and, uh, obviously mom and dad, you know, they, they, they are, they're Cameron's primary, uh, primary caretakers. Um, but you're part of the family as well. And, uh, and, um, you know, Cameron's diagnosis maybe doesn't impact you. Well, it definitely doesn't impact you the same way it impacts your parents. Um, but, it, but it, he's, he's still your brother, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for, for you, Aiden, what, what, what's it like living with a, <laughs> what's it like living with Cam? Cause I kind of have an idea of what it's like. I spent some time at the Lindsay household and uh, yeah. Cam is 100% unique. I, I really <laughs> like him. Uh, I think he's hilarious. He's one of my favorite people, but what's, but, but what, what's it like, what's it like for you, Aiden, um, having a, having a brother with autism? Uh, I think it's great. And it's definitely, I have a, I'm blessed to have a unique perspective on the world compared to a lot of other kids. Cause I've grown up in a much different environment and, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to have a brother with autism. And like, I would wait, I think it's so much better for me to just to grow up with him and like learn all the life lessons I have. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> That he's in my life truly see, you and see he's, the world through different eyes yeah you really do and like yeah while he's learning you're learning with him and you're learning all the ways like like the different ways he's learning and it's just it really opens your eyes to new perspectives and i i would try and be like an open-minded person and i think that's really helped in that journey and um ex coming to accept like every uh other people not, not just him but like other people if you if you see people in the special olympics um like coming to like helps you realize their lives too um and learn a lot more about them so i think it's been a definitely unique experience i'm very grateful for it yeah um you know i i have a i have a little brother uh like like you have a little brother and i can remember uh garrison elementary when uh, troy donahue who is my age um was picking on my brother um, I, I, I kind of gave him a flying high knee to the back of the neck at recess one, one day. Good work. I can't remember, I can't remember what he was doing, but I, I just came out of nowhere. And, uh, it, this was, this was like, this was decades before MMA, but I laid on just the most hellacious <laughs> MMA high knee and drove him to the ground and Troy ate a face full of, uh, of dirt, right from the from the ball fields behind Garrison School, and of course I got called into the principal's office because you're not supposed to do that, obviously. So, um, and that was just you know that was just some knucklehead who was actually, by the way, he was one of my brother's really good friends. So that was also kind of that was an issue as well too. Um, but that was just some knucklehead, you know, saying something stupid about about my brother. Um, and I felt like I had to defend him by you know by making him eat a face full of dirt. Um, there have to have been similar challenges for you because look as much and as much as you talk about uh and i i i i mean what you say is 100 percent sincere i mean as again i know you you're 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 an honest and genuine kid um but there you know there are other kids that don't look at other kids with special needs the same way and and you know kids are jerks sometimes and and uh, I don't know. Did you have you ha ever had an experience 
growing up where somebody was giving your brother a whole kind of grief and you had to step in and defend him? Honestly, I've never really had that like significant of an experience because um, growing up, like I, my parents have been really good at giving him resources. And I think he's had those resources around him his whole life in school that have um, protected him from those outside uh, people. But um, I mean, there are a few things people say that I'm like, it's it, along the words of like, hey, man, that's just not that's not cool. Just like that, like. That I, that's not something you should joke about. But uh, honestly, I'm also grateful to have a very accepting community and friend group. And I, like all my friends, if you ask all my friends, they love Cam just as much as me because um, they think the same. Like they think he's hilarious. They think he's um, an amazing, like amazing little genius. And um, I've tried telling as many stories I can about him, about just all, all those kinds of things, about like funny stories about him uh, growing up and just like how he's such a whiz. And like, one, I always tell people how he just like remembers dates. And like, just the other day I like called him. I was like, hey, Cam, what hospital was I born at? Because I, I couldn't remember. It was like, it's, it's random things like that. And it's, he remembers things that I don't. And he's like a human computer and people are so amazed by it. And I'm very grateful for that, honestly. But um, going back to what you said, uh, honestly, no, no big experience, but like a few little things that have been said that I'm, I've had to step in and be like that, just lay off. I think that's probably the the beauty of growing up in a rural town rather than a big city. It may have been different if we were in a big, in a big city, but. A big city like Dover you're talking about. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Big, big city. (laughs) Big smoke. (laughs) Chris, I was going to say, speaking to the genius, um, when he turns 21, you, Braden, myself, Aiden, and Camelot will have to go down to Mohegan. <laughs> oh, Lord. I just, I, we'll get, we got to find we out can, if he can count cards. Yeah, we can count cards. We're good. Can yeah. make, we can make him go right, man. <laughs> he, he 100% could count cards, but I, I have a feeling we would, we would end up in, in some Native American jail in, yeah. in Connecticut, and we'd have to call Janina to bail us out. Um, yeah. I look so, great in safety orange. It's an earth tone. <laughs> uh, so that this this idea of a of a of a beautiful mind right comes to my mind when when talking about the uh the genius that is that is cameron's that is cameron's mind um janina I, I, I years ago i i i I remember we, we must've been driving to a winter wild race or a snowshoe race, or you were shuttling Tim and I around somewhere at some point, like mm-hmm. you always did. Yeah. And, um, I think, I think the conversation started about, uh, about Cameron and about his fascination, which kind of picks up on your fascination with geography, but Cameron's fascination with, with geography and about, directions and am i am i misremembering that janina or does no he he was yeah no he was always very he would he could direct you if he'd been there he could direct you back street by street he's it's a funny thing with well it's not funny but a, a factual thing with autism i think is that kids are either really um scientific and they're like math and science brilliant or they're artistic as opposed uh-huh. to autistic uh-huh. and creative and, and he falls in the ladder. He's, he's, I mean, you know, he's a okay student when the other things, but he's, his specialty is more on the artistic side of things. And that falls into, you know, his memory is of goofy things. He had an obsession with 
people's cable providers and he could tell you every person he'd ever met's cable provider or birthdays or yeah, streets where they live. Still or... breeze line, unfortunately. We're, we're working <laughs> on that. So yeah, he has he if, has if we lose the connection, we had a good run, Chris. It was almost like a potty <laughs> trick sometimes. Like I'd be like, Hey Cam, come <laughs> tell tell someone who their cable provider. Like he just it was yeah, it's it's that's where he falls in that in that line of things. But yeah, he's always had uh, the ability to recall dates and directions and facts. Well, Chris, and you and Karen have to remember at one point on Minecraft, he built all of Route 16. <laughs> by, yeah, by, he did. by the cubic meter. He did. He had yes. all the exits, yes. all all the signs, everything that's were that's right. That's right. That's exact. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I just uh, those I really, really enjoy listening to those stories. He also completely so, yeah, he also completely uh, built the TD Garden seat by seat on Minecraft. Yeah, he has. I, I, like from a kid from a kid's perspective, who um, just want to say introduced him to Minecraft. Um, <laughs> You're the culprit. <laughs> I am. Uh, but, but like, no lie, like this this stuff that you can do and like the creativity you can express. In, the, in it because like you can just build whatever you want and he's just used that and i think it's a really good tool for him to use because like what mom said he built td garden and i looked at it and it is quite you would literally think it was a picture off the internet. an exact replica and yeah. it's it, I, it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say it's beautiful but like it just goes to show like the dedication he puts in to like those like the, his little projects and i i think it's it's, it adds on to the unique uniqueness of him. He did a new one this last month. It's got all the empty duck boats outside. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> Aiden, Aiden, as I as I mentioned earlier in the in the show, this is your uh, senior project yes. for Co Brown Northwood Academy, mm -hmm. uh, and I want to spend a few minutes uh, talking about what that means uh, for for the listener. Uh, Maybe the listener that's not familiar with Co Brown Northwood Academy and what um, some of the requirements are uh, to graduate, uh, including the senior project. So, uh, so let's start with this, Aiden. Um, what what is a senior project, and um, um, what why do what, why do you have to why do you have to do it? So, a senior project is basically a student is supposed to put 25 hours of work that goes into the community and it benefits the community um obviously with covid right now there like people have done like different things like they like built like add stuff to their house because obviously less community op uh, options available but um it you need it to graduate actually it's uh actually a credit of it goes towards graduation so um if someone were to not do it well enough God, they actually <laughs> yeah hopefully not um if someone actually does not put 25 hours of work or something like that you don't graduate so it's a fundamental part of the graduation process um and yeah you need 25 hours of work put into it which is what i'm doing right now with the kingman farm yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done already, um, and at at the end of the at the end of the project, uh, what happens? Do you write a final report, and then does that get reviewed by reviewers, or uh, like how does it wrap up? How does it wrap up in the end? 
so um the way it wraps up is i believe in may uh every scene like there's like one day where every senior goes in and they have to do a 10 minute presentation um to i believe a panel of three air quote judges um so so they do that and what i know is that like it's it's pretty laid back and everyone stresses over it and it's actually not that bad of a process. So hopefully that's how it pans out to be. But uh, yeah, that's what it is. And you just do your presentation. There's like a question period and uh, they determine if you pass or not. And the, the, the panel of three judges is uh, people from local community. So like okay. the Northwood, Stratford, Nottingham area. It's almost yeah. like defending your thesis, Chris. Yeah, well, that's kind of yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of what I was thinking, Tim, as as Aiden was describing it. And I, I certainly can understand why any high schooler um, would feel a little bit anxious about sitting in front of a group of three strangers and presenting yeah. anything. Like that's that's kind of a nerve wracking thing. It's a nerve wracking thing for anyone. <laughs> Right, but it's particularly nerve-wracking for for a high school uh, student who really hasn't hasn't maybe had the opportunity to to do that whole lot. Um, um, all right, so um, so this uh, this project that you have taken on, then um, specifically, Aiden, um, what what is what's your role? What what is your what is your project? What is your senior project? So uh, senior project, uh, so basically you can take something that already exists. That's like, you can either create your own or take something that already exists and make it your own. So with this, um, normally my dad would like be the co-host with you and he still is, but um, I've taken my dad's uh, main role in co-hosting the Kingman Farm Trail race with you. Um, so what's that what that's included with me so far has obviously uh been communicating with you and the town of madbury unh and all that to get the race organized um and for the 25 hour portion um primarily it has been promoting and i've been driving around and putting flyers and signs around everywhere um and also going on the trail itself, uh, exploring that, making sure it's okay for the runners to run on uh, with you, and uh, making sure the race runs smoothly as it does every year. Well, you've also done some some advertising. Uh, did did you did you mention did you mention advertising? Because you yeah uh, yeah. So this year um, this year we because of you um, we've done more um, uh, um, analog marketing than we we ever than we ever have um right. with 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 mom's help um you um you've had flyers and and uh like yard sale sign yard sale sized signs yep. made and you have put them out uh mm -hmm. in different communities where, where drop some names of some businesses that that uh, have agreed uh, either to let you put a sign in their window or have given you gift certificates, give, give a, give a shout out to some of the folks that have, have been helpful to you businesses. Absolutely. So first off, I want to, uh, shout out AMI graphics for, AMI graphics. Uh, and my mom for, yeah. uh, being so generous and yeah. helping create the signs. Local, um, local company, AMI local graphics from Stratford, New Hampshire. Stratford, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So first off, I want to thank them because that that's been huge help for me in order to promote the race. 
Um, but for some other businesses, uh, I want to shout out Colin Sports in Rochester. Uh, I've given a flyer to them. I want to shout out uh, Rogers Pizza in uh, Dover. They let me put a sign uh, right on a very busy, <laughs> very busy road. So that helped out. And they also gave out um, quite a few gift cards uh, completely for free. Was not walking in there to get gift cards at all. I was just walking in there to ask for a sign and they ended up Very giving cool. gift cards. Um, they were all so sweet, so kind, and also not their pizza is really good. So <laughs> definitely, he's definitely. He stayed for a slice. Yeah, definitely I, go. I can um, I can one hundred percent attest to Rogers has really yeah, good pizza. Very good pizza. Well, um, side note, they've always been super helpful. Way back when Aiden played Pop Warner, they used to let us use their upstairs uh, upstairs room to do film. Yeah, like, they've always been really great partners. Good point. They're yeah. they're super kind people. Yeah. yeah so good definitely, point. if you want to support a small business and eat some really good pizza, absolutely recommend Rogers Pizza. Yeah, and they're and they're they're dope. By the way, they are Dover people. I mean, they yes. are they yeah. they are longtime Dover people. Yeah. Um, another place I want to shout out, Red Shoe Barn. Um, they let me put put a flyer up there. In um, Dover, right? In Dover, also in Dover. Um, Philbricks in Dover, the uh, bike ski, uh, right. I think snowboard too, shop. Right. Uh, they let me put their flyer up on a built-in board. Um, hold on, let me surf through. Yeah, yeah a Colonial Bicycle, Colonial, Colonial yeah. Bicycle uh, in Portsmouth, uh, right. right on Route 1. We have a, a helmet to give away from yeah. the, at the race. We have a wow. very pricey helmet yeah. <laughs> very, <laughs> to give away at the race, thanks to them. Um, they, and they also let me put a flyer up there. Uh, Cooper Hill, they let me put two flyers in, in Northwood. New Hampshire, pizza, right on pizza, the pizza place in Northwood. Also, also a lot pizza of place. restaurants, Chris. Yeah, also, also very good pizza place. Um, Agreed. Not only their pizza, but all their food. Uh, personally, recommend their steakhouse burger. Very good. <laughs> okay. um, I feel like we're ordering that tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> premonition. Wouldn't mind. Um, they let me put two flyers up uh, on their takeout door and their walk-in door. Um, they're right on Route Four. They're very close to Co Brown. Um, Co-Brown. Co-Brown. <laughs> yep. They uh, they let me put uh sign up there. So thank you to my school. Uh, Runners Alley in downtown Portsmouth. Uh, they gave us some gift cards. Um, and also they let me put a flyer up in there. So definitely check them out. Um, Stra there's a little, there's a place called Little Village in Stratford. So thank you to the town of Stratford for letting me <laughs> put that up there. Um, Barrington, uh, Califs in Barrington, they let me put, uh, sign up in an air section. Uh, I believe that's land they own. Um, we'll find out. We'll find <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and I believe. I think that's it for signs. Yeah, we have more prizes from other places. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. do. Yeah. We do. Oh, have, uh, Vita Cantina. Uh, Vita's gonna, Vita's uh, stepping up our friends at Vita in Portsmouth. Also in Route 1. At, um, at Ohana in Portsmouth, they're going to be stepping up with so. Pampered Chef. A lot of great restaurants. Pampered yeah, Chef yeah, always chef. always helps us out. Uh, I love his aunt Jennifer. So uh, we get that. Yeah, Ohana, we love Ohana. I love Ohana. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Please, please, please name the other. Please name the other businesses that have supported the event with, with whatever whatever support, whether it's gift cards or merchandise or um, 
financial we support. We're talking, we're talking like we've said what it is. We have a post-race raffle for anybody mm -hmm. that's not oh, familiar. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we do have a post, which is uh, one thing that sets us apart from other trail races, our post-race raffle. Uh, sure. So if you're going to run in the race, definitely stick around, uh, get a raffle ticket uh, because there are definitely some worthwhile prizes uh, get to get. So, yeah. Yeah, and this is this is always one of those races that <laughs> there seems to be just as many prizes as people that people. stick around. So almost mm -hmm. inevitably, if you everybody doesn't get a prize, it it seems like everybody is walking away with a prize. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a yeah a lot of smiling faces in the post race uh, the post race random uh, raffle drawing. Um, well, as I said, Aiden Aiden has um, has as as you as you just heard. Aiden has done a tremendous amount of legwork, uh, pun intended, uh, to get the word out about this trail race more, I mean, frankly, more than we have ever done. Uh, typically, our marketing is digital marketing through our social media feeds, uh, but Aiden has gone above and beyond um, uh, the call, um, not only in, in getting the, um, uh, the event uh, posters and and uh, signs out, but also um, gathering additional prizes. So the yeah the post race uh, raffle I think is going to be uh, is going to be epic. Um, yeah, Christopher, you know what I think you haven't realized is next year it will be somebody else's senior project, <laughs> right? Uh, that he's like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you 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 and the second coach. Nice. To clarify we'll be, we'll for people that aren't yeah. mind readers, Cameron will be a senior next year. So our <laughs> yep. mascot just the great below will me. be a senior next yep. year. Okay. And we'll have yeah. to do a senior project. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, this is good news for all of us. Yes. And Aiden, well, Aiden very well may may be uh, may be busy at this time uh, uh, next year, but uh, and, and actually let, let me let me let me uh, kind of uh, put a bow on that uh, senior project conversation, and then let's finish with some of the details about Saturday's race. But um, Aiden, are are you using this senior project? Um, are you putting this senior project on any of your college applications? Are I mean, is this is this is this something you add to your 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 resume, so to speak, your curriculum vitae, your 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 school experience. I think it would definitely be uh, worthwhile, uh, as I have such a close connection with everything. As my mom said, I've run the race before, won a few raffle prizes before, um, and also just with my brother donating to the Flutie Foundation, also been a huge Flutie fan growing up. I all my sports, I wear 22 because of Flutie. So I, there's a million close connections I have with this race. I'm definitely probably going to put it on my BC application. Well, all yeah. of these college applications, you, you have to write an essay, right? And yeah. uh, I mean, one of the, one of the more difficult things is coming up with a prompt, right? In other words, what, what am I going to write an essay about? Unless they specifically mm. give you a prompt, um, right. it's you know tell us about Aiden Lindsay. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not telling you what to write for your college essay. I'm just saying if it if it were me, this would seem like a perfectly teed up, yeah, 
college essay to, to write because, I mean, for any number of reasons, um, the, 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 your community work, um, mm -hmm. your connection, your connection to, to the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism, your brother Cam, your connection to this to this event. I mean, I think, Aiden, you um, I mean, for someone for someone to be a guest race director, there probably isn't anybody that's going to be any better uh, as a as a as a guest race director than you. Again, for all of the reasons that I that I just described. And Certainly the best looking one we've had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that'll go out the window next year when Francis. Oh, <laughs> uh, Cameron's going to be the most fun uh, guest. Yeah, he'll be the, he'll be the most we, fun. We, yeah. um, so it, it, anyway, I, I, I think it's uh, I, I definitely think there's a story right in there. There's a there's an essay in there. Let's yeah, let's let's sure. let's finish with this. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the details of the event. Uh, coming up on Saturday, July 30th. So the Kingman Farm Trail Race presented by Saucony on, uh, it's coming up on July 30th. This is a pre-registration event only. There's no day of event registration. We did this a couple of years back um, with uh, because of COVID and just trying to, um, uh, just trying to, um, to, to limit the numbers. And um, we just, we realized that it was it, it just was it made it made the morning of the race just a little bit easier from a volunteer standpoint, sure. not having day of event entry. Um, so we we have retained the uh, pre-registration only. Um, once again, we've capped the pre-registration number at 100. Uh, I believe it's 100. It's either 100 or 125. But I, I, I yes, it, sorry, it, it's 100. Yeah, um, which, you know, it, point is. If this is a race that is it is of interest to you and it's on your radar, um, we, we, we what did we say before um, before we taped the show? We had 57 mm -hmm. pre-registered as yeah. of the, the taping of this show. Um, so I, I think the point is that the the event likely will not sell out, but it is a pre-registration only event. So if this is something you want to do, make sure that you visit uh, the Acidotic Racing website at acidoticracing.com click on the kingman farm trail race event that takes you to the kingman farm trail race page and from there you can click on the run reg button and that takes you to online registration we will be we'll be posting these links uh, i'll be sharing the link on my twitter account but we'll be we'll be posting the link to online registration on our social media feeds over the next couple of days uh aiden online registration closes when Thursday at 7 p.m. Thursday at 7 p.m. So Thursday, July 28th, 7 p.m. Online registration closes. No exceptions, right? We, because I mean, once we once we close, once we close registration, the the event is closed. Um, then morning of the event, once again, a, a couple of years back, um, there was a, a threat of very very warm weather. Of course, here in New England. Uh, we are in the midst of some very warm weather as well. I haven't looked ahead at the forecast for Saturday, but it's, you know, it's end of July. And it's, so it's, you know, it's likely to be hot and humid like it is in New England in July. Mm -hmm. But a couple of years back, we pushed the start time uh, ahead yeah. or earlier yeah. in yeah. the morning uh, to try to make sure that we mitigated the, the effect of the, of, the, of the weather, particularly the heat. So, Aiden, what time does the race start on Saturday morning? I believe 8 a.m. 
Uh, yeah. So this is a quiz. So you, you would be. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It, does, it does start at 8 a.m. And that means that bib pickup will run from 7, 8, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Right. But we encourage you not to show up at 8 a.m. because our 759 because, you know, by that time, we're probably going to be closing up registration and getting ready to set up timing. So when we pick up morning of the race between 7 and 8 a.m., uh, parking, parking. So, uh, Aiden, where, where do people park? Uh, there's the middle school. Moharriman. Moharriman. Yeah. I, I always screw up the pronunciation. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mom. Moharriman. Right. The elementary school. The elementary school. Uh, Moharriman uh, is, is where. You have to spell it correctly in your essay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we right. should advise people to, we, you have to enter off, is it route 152? Five? 155. Yeah. Because inevitably we get into a gate issue off yeah. Town Hall Road. So yeah. if you enter the school off right. 155 at the main entrance, mm -hmm. you can right. walk from the parking lot directly across Town Hall Road mm -hmm. by on foot. You just can't drive in. Yes. Correct. Um, there are parking spots at the Town Hall, but we ask people to park at Moharamit so that um, the Madbury Library uh, patrons yeah. have yeah. a place to park because yeah. uh, the parking lot there at the Madbury Town Hall has been expanded over the last couple of years, but the, li but the library was added as well. So a big reason that the parking lot there at the Town Hall was expanded was, was for library patrons. So please uh, do not uh, come to the Madbury Town Hall to park. Uh, as Gina said, go directly to Maharamit. We will have the um, the actual GPS uh, location of Maharamit Elementary in the pre-race email, which uh, Aiden and I will send out on Thursday, no, Friday evening, likely. We'll send out that pre-race uh, email to the all pre-race uh, or all pre-registered participants. Uh, which will include any number of details, not the least of which are the GPS location of Moharamit Elementary. Um, uh, Aiden, so if so, people park at the Moharamit Elementary School off of 155, but uh, the race doesn't start there. Where where does the race start, Aiden? Or where do people come to pick up their bibs? The Madbury Town Hall. The Madbury Town Hall. So there will be uh, there'll be an acidotic racing easy up popped up. Uh, look for the acidotic racing uh, easy up. That's where your your bib will be. You can come and pick your bib up again between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. Uh, ideally, you know, closer to 7 a.m. than 8 a.m. to pick your bib up the morning of the race. Um, uh, and it, yes, Aiden is correct. The start is actually uh, in the parking lot there at the town hall. Let's talk a moment. Tim Tim mentioned it very very early in the conversation about course markings. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, remember, I said that you are you are much more likely to get yourself off course if a you're not listening to the race director give the pre-race instructions specifically about course markings. B, you're following somebody else and not navigating your way through the course. And then C, uh, you are not uh, actively navigating your way independently through the course, paying attention to course markings. So speaking of course markings, Tim, uh, sort of tongue in cheek, but actually more truthful than, than sarcastic. Um, we do put out a lot of flags. Um, part of the reason for that is th 
because of the length of this race, it's, it's a, it's a fairly short race coming in again, a little under four miles. Um, uh, and the terrain is not terribly aggressive. It's a, it's a great race for people that want to get into and start uh, trail running. In fact, many local people have started trail running at the Kingman farm trail race. Um, but there's, a, but there are a lot of first timers or newcomers to the sport of trail running. And we want people to feel as comfortable and welcome as possible. Therefore we probably put out more flags than we need to. Um, so the course will be marked with orange and pink survey flags, pin flags, and those pin flags will be put on runners left. So runners will be looking for flags to be on their left. Now, um, there is one uh, circumstance in which the flags will be on left and the right. Well, actually, maybe, 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 well, definitely one, maybe two circumstances in which flags will be on, on, on both sides. One circumstance in which flags will be on both sides is there's a two-way section. So as you run out, just past the mile mark, uh, you come into the two-way section. You take a left on one of the, one of the carriage roads, and you're into that two-way section. In the very beginning, you're not likely to to, to encounter anyone um, anyone running the other way. In fact, it's likely it's likely based on the size of the of the field of participants, you may not see anybody running in the other direction anyhow. But it is a two way section, so we have to mark it that way. Sure. When you get to that two way section, not only will be flat will, will there be flags on your left, but there will be flags on your right, right in the middle of that uh, that two track carriage road. The flags on your right are actually on runners left for runners going the other direction in that two-way section. Once you clear that two-way section, uh, you do a, you do a, a sort of a moderate, medium-sized loop, come back into that two-way section, um, and uh, once again, uh, flags will be uh, on your left, but there will also be flags on your right in your two-way section. Um, through that uh, through that two-way section the second time, you're, now you're heading up toward Hicks Hill. You're not at Hicks Hill yet, but you're heading up toward Hicks Hill. As I described earlier in my story of the Broken Boulder Dash 6K, um, in which I, you know, you get to the high point of Hicks Hill and you begin to run downhill and you think, great, uh, I'm, I'm almost to the finish. No, you're actually not because we, yeah. we make you take a hard left-hand turn and go back up nearly to the top of the climb. Um, that, that hard left-hand turn likely will have flags on both the left and the right. Cause if we, because it, because it's a left-hand turn, if we don't flag on the right, you might miss that hard left-hand turn and, uh, miss going back up to the top of the hill. So it's very likely that Aiden and I will also put flags there on runner's right. Um, there's also the possibility on the switchbacks that there may be flags on both uh, runner's left and runner's right. But Suffice to say, um, you should keep flags on your left um, uh, uh, for the majority of the time. The other way the course will be marked are with uh, fairly large uh, one foot by three foot white signs with red turn arrows. Very obvious. When we need to turn you off the trail that you're on, there will be a white sign with a red arrow turning you off that trail. 
Um, this is going to be a hand-timed event. Aiden will be uh, helping with the hand timing. What we ask, because it is hand-timed and not chip or electronic-timed, uh, because it's hand-timed, there is the possibility of human error, uh, specifically um, with regard to the timers, more specifically with respect to being able to read your bib number. Mm. And the only way that we can that we can guarantee accurate results is if we can read your bib number. So we ask that your bib number be pinned to the front of your shirt. Now, for those gentlemen that will choose not to wear a shirt, that's fine. Make sure the bib then alternatively is is pinned to your shorts, the front of your shorts. Ideally, again, the, the bib is pinned clearly to the front of your jersey. If you are wearing a shirt, please do not put the bib number on the leg of your shorts. We cannot read the bib number when you are running toward us with your legs swinging uh, uh, violently back and forth. It gets to be very, very difficult. It's fine if it's just you, but if you finish in a group of five or six people, once again, it, it makes the accuracy of the results a little bit more challenging. So. We need to read your number uh, in order for uh, us to to to, uh, to to get the results as accurate as we possibly can. In that spirit, Chris, too, when people are coming into that finisher shoot, um, friendly reminder: this is not an Olympic qualifier. So if we could refrain from galooling each other, like you know, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's that Jerry Seinfeld skit when he's just like, "Well, how do the horses feel when they're racing? You win, I win, we all get an oat bag, like you know." <laughs> Like the winner's not getting steak knives or an El Camino. Just, you know, when you get to the shoot, slow down. Don't tackle each other. One love. It's a, yeah. it's a very it's a very good point. Yeah. I should also say too that inevitably, right before the finish line, uh, is a root stock. Uh yes. just where we set yeah. it's where we set the finish line we up. Planted and, all the roots, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so not all yes, you, you should you should exercise extreme caution. Yep. Uh knees up toes up. High knees, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. Um Yes. And then, uh, and then, uh, yes, everything will be great. We, we likely will not have results printed, uh, there at the venue. Aiden and I will be working on the results, uh, when, uh, when we get back to his place, uh, after, uh, we all finish, uh, picking everything up and driving back to Stratford. Um, so, uh, we ask people to be patient with us. Um, the results will not be, uh, posted at the venue, but, uh, we will be handing out uh, raffle tickets and we'll ask folks to stick around after and and Tim and Janina and, and Aiden um, will be uh, organizing or coordinating the random raffle draw. So if you're sticking around, uh, make sure you grab a raffle ticket uh, and uh, Tim and Janina or the Lindsay family will do the uh, world famous uh, Kingman Farm Trail Race raffle. It's spectacular. Yeah, we use a random generator, uh, number generator. His name is Cameron. So it's, <laughs> we'll give him a complete head count and just have him pick numbers. Yeah. Once again, Perfect. this is this is Edward why, Edward. yeah, this is why Cam is there. Um, <laughs> well, uh, what am I missing, uh, Lindsay family? What else do we What else do we need to tell the listener about the Kingman Farm Trail Race presented by Saucony coming up this Saturday, July thirtieth? Uh, I honestly, outside of the fact that I think sometimes people tend to forget if this is your inaugural race, if you've never run before, uh, I appreciate that you think that you need 
uh, the Camelback full of eight gallons. You don't um, fill it halfway at best. Uh, we certainly don't want people to not be hydrated out there. We'll have water uh, in the parking lot. And above and beyond that, please don't forget to, when you do run, and especially based on what the temperature uh, could be next week, we're probably going to be, I'm, I'm 86 sure. 86 is the forecast sure we're going right to be, now. yeah. I mean, and that'll be, 86 is like going to be three o'clock in the afternoon. So we'll probably be getting, we'll be getting somewhere in the seventies, probably at race time. That being said, your body will go up 30 degrees. So um, I'm not saying underdress, but like just layers that you can discard. If you leave stuff uh, as we're taking off and you decide you want to leave a jacket, we'll keep an eye on it for you. Um, but don't overdress. Don't don't overhydrate. Um, if you need to carry water, carry water by all means. But it's it's you'll be back before you know it. Yeah, that's a good point, Tim. Thanks for yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Um, there, there, just because of uh, of of the property and the fact mm -hmm. that there there really aren't any areas that we can easily access with a vehicle on course. Uh, there is no, there are no fluids. There's no aid station out on the course. It's very likely we will have some volunteers, some course marshals out on the course with radios just to kind of give us updates sure. uh, if anybody if anybody is in need of of any assistance. Um, otherwise, uh, Tim makes an excellent point. There are, there are no aid stations on this 3.6, 3.7, 3.8 mile course, um, but we will have uh, we will have ice cold water um, at the finish. Um, okay, um, Lindsay's, thank you very much. Uh, for uh, for joining me on the show and uh, talking a little bit about the Kingman Farm Trail Race. Uh, I look forward to seeing uh, Team Lindsay uh, on Saturday, and I will see the senior senator uh, at the crack of really early on Saturday yep. morning. When I will, yeah, we, when I will, he might as well sleep in my truck because um, we're going to be we're going to be heading out uh, uber early Saturday morning to to mark the course. Um, anyway, uh, Lindsay's, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so thank much you. for having us. Yeah. Listening to Aiden talk about his brother, I mean, it really shows you how well raised he is. Aiden, he's such a great young man, and it's, it's really been a pleasure working with him on this event. He's, he's done such an amazing job already. And here's hoping we have a really great turnout for him on race day. I feel really lucky to be able to work with the Lindsay family on this project. They're such great people, and they're even better friends. Well, if you liked what you heard, please consider giving the show a follow. And if you really liked what you heard, please consider sharing it with your friends. I'll be posting some supporting media on my Twitter account at Coach Chris J. Dunn, so make sure to check that out. And lastly, remember, the secret to living well and longer is to eat half, walk double, laugh triple, and love without measure. Until next time.